Bible says when we worship him, he comes in to inhabit, to dwell in, to be in the middle of our praise. Hallelujah. And he's here today. He's walking among us. If you are new and a visitor today, we welcome you and we're glad you're here. And you've just stepped into a bunch of folks that have just fallen in love with Jesus. We want to make heaven our eternal home. And we're doing what we find in the word to do to get ready. To get ready to meet him. The Bible says that Jesus is coming like a thief in the night. The skies are going to open and Jesus Christ is going to appear. He's going to take us away to heaven, to a place where there will be no more sickness, no death, no mourning, no crying. Hallelujah. No more going to work, paying your taxes. No more school. (laughs) No more broken bones. And we will have all eternity to worship Him, to praise Him, to fellowship with one another, to see those that have gone on before us. We're going to eat the marriage supper of the Lamb. I don't know what that's going to be like, but I think there'll be fried chicken. (laughs) It's going to be glorious. And today... We have a message for you. If you'll stand for the reading of the word to honor the word of God, I can help you get ready for heaven today if you think there might be a remote possibility that you don't know how to get ready or you're not ready. Today's the day to make that happen. And I can help you because the Lord didn't hide it from us. He didn't make it difficult. He made it very, very simple. So even the youngest child can understand it. And we can get ready and know before we leave this building today that if Jesus comes before midnight tonight, we're ready to go. Amen. Will you turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 22? And while you're turning to that scripture, and they're also going to put 31 and 32 on the screen, Luke 22 and 31 and 32. I want to say thank you to Pastor and Sister Powell for their hospitality, for their love for us. We become mom and dad, and we are honored to be called mom and dad. We pray for you, and we love you. We love this church. What a grand time it has been together. This is our last service together for now. But we sure enjoy you and love being with you. And today, my pastor knows I'm here I'm under the covering of my precious husband, Ben Vernon. And pastor, I'm under your covering today as I minister. Luke chapter 22. Now, I'd like to tell you what's going on here. This is the chapter before Jesus was arrested and taken to the cross. So in this chapter, he's meeting with his disciples. They are celebrating the Passover. They are eating together. They are breaking the bread and taking the juice They are talking one to another. They're comfortable. They've been together for a while, and they've been working together and watching Jesus do miracles, watching what Jesus came to do. And they they broke the bread. They fellowshiped, and then they began to have conversation. That is when Jesus let them know, somebody at this table is going to betray me. 
And of course, we know the story that was Judas who betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And then on goes the story, and of all things, they start discussing who is the greatest. Wouldn't that be awful if today there were people sitting around saying, I think Pastor Powell likes me the best. I'm his favorite. That's what the disciples were doing. Who's the greatest? They were pretty comfortable with Jesus to be sitting right there doing that. Well, he straightens them out like he always does. And then he turns to Simon Peter. And he says this. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Those of us who are strong in the faith should be strengthening others. Amen. So would you look at that portion of Scripture and in your mind, would you put your own name in there? Whatever your name is. Behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. The devil is not your friend. Just like there is a God in heaven preparing a place for us and he's everywhere all at one time. He's here, he's in our hearts. He's everywhere. There is a devil who can't be everywhere at one time. But he has prepared a place called hell and he is wanting to take as many there as he can go. He does not want you to make heaven. And whatever he can do to try to keep you from going to heaven, that is his mission. He wants to destroy you. But I pray for you today that your faith will fail not. I have a simple message for you. I'm a storyteller. I will be telling a story, a personal story, a story thing that happened to me as I illustrate the Word of God today in parable form. And the name of my message is, Get Off of the Devil's Ferris Wheel. Get Off of the Devil's Ferris Wheel. You may be seated. If the devil wants to destroy me, then it would be very very important for me to figure out his tricks and how he tries to destroy us so that I can avoid missing heaven. I can avoid going to a devil's hell. This is real today. You're going one place or the other when you die or when Jesus comes back. And we need to be ready for heaven. I'm going to tell you this story today. I have to lay the foundation for you, and those of you that do not know me will, will, will appreciate the forerunner of the story, but the rest of you probably already have heard it before. I was born into a family of two beautiful girls. They were 6 and 12 years old. My dad was 48 and my mom was 41. They didn't want any more children. Not wanting them is not enough. Surprise! And my sisters were very precious little quiet girls. And then along came a surprise. And they were tired of raising children. They really didn't want another one. And they got one that wasn't quiet at all. 
I had attention deficit disorder with hyperactivity before they knew what it was. They did not have pills. <laughs> and so here I was in this family and very, very busy. So parents, grandparents, take heed, take heart, that child that is all over the place that you wonder how you're going to get them raised. God uses wiggly kids, <laughs> and he's going to use all that energy if you just keep them in the house of God. He will use it for his glory. And so it was a special morning when my dad came into my room and sat on the side of the bed, and he said, today your sisters are going with your mother, but I've taken off work, and I'm going to take you somewhere special, just you and I. Now, I was the baby, and I was daddy's little boy he didn't have, and I, I was so close to my dad, and he was my best buddy, my best friend. That was a wonderful day because dad worked two jobs to try to keep mom at home with us while we were in school, and he worked during the day for the Parks and Recreation Department, and then at night he worked at a filling station, gas station, back when they ran wreckers in the night. My dad was the one that would run that wrecker all night long in the cold in Ohio, the, the frigid winters, and run that wrecker. Sometimes we got to stay up till 11 or 12 o'clock to, to kiss dad goodnight if he came in early. Sometimes it was in the morning we said goodbye as we went to school. So this was very special, dad saying, today it's you and I. Hurry and, and get your breakfast and get ready. And it didn't take long. And I was a little girl of five years old. And I was so happy to spend the day with Dad. Now, we got in the car preparing for our little trip. And I'm standing in the middle of the front seat. It was a bench seat across the way there. And I set, stood up in the middle. I'm sure I was supposed to be sitting. But they didn't have seat belts back then. And do anybody remember those days, your arm around the neck of your parent while they were driving? When we got sleepy and tired, we crawled over the seats and laid in that carpeted spot back by the back glass where all the dead flies were and took a nap in the sun. And we drank out of the garden hose, too. And we're still here. We're still here to tell about it. All those things we're not allowed to do anymore. We did them. And so... What a day. I'm, I'm bothering Dad the whole way. What is it? Where are we going? And he said, it's a surprise. You have to wait. Finally, we drove into a parking lot. And the first thing I saw when I looked out the window at this fair was the Ferris wheel. I had never been to anything like that. I'd never been on a ride. I, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. We're going here, Dad. I, I can't wait. I want to ride that Ferris wheel. Well, we will. We'll do it all. We'll, we'll do it all. And so when Dad parked the car, I threw the door open and took off running. I ran in the gates of that fair and ran straight to the Ferris wheel. <laughs> before my dad could catch up with me. He wasn't very happy when he finally got to me, but I was already in line. Dad, come on. They're, they're lining up behind me. Come on. I want you to get in line. We're going to ride this. My dad was frowning. He said, don't do that. Quit getting ahead of me. Stay with me. Walk with me. The Lord wants you to walk with him. Yes, Daddy. My dad took me out of the line. 
I wasn't very happy because people were lined up in front and behind me. And he took me out of that line, pulled me out of the line and took my little hand. And he said, come with me. There's something we have to do first. And, and so we were walking away from the rides. We're walking away from the games. All the fun stuff. We're walking away. I, I want to go where the fun stuff is. But my dad is taking me over here to a little white house. There's a big line of people for the little white house. We have to get in this long line. I said, I don't, I don't want to go there. He said, we have to go here first. You see, your, your heavenly father knows things you don't know. Well, okay. Okay, dad, I kept watching. But that man in the window, that old man looked like he hated children. Who wants to go there? We stand in that line, it seems like ever so long, and we finally step up to the little white house, and there's a window. And I realized when I got close enough to see that that old gentleman was smiling real big, and he didn't hate children after all. But I had to get close enough to him. Some of you won't let the Lord get close to you. You keep him as, at arm's length. Because you're not sure he'll love you and accept you. You're not sure he'll forgive you. Maybe you're not sure he's real. There's no way to find out if you don't get close enough to see what he's all about. I realize the man's not scary at all and he's smiling. I watched the transaction. I'm just a little five-year-old. I don't know what's happening. Parents are often not good at explaining what's happening. My dad takes out his wallet and he lays a stack of money on that counter. And he says, give me as many tickets as I can get for this amount of money. Now, when I was a little girl, that's how you bought stuff. <laughs> give me a dollar's worth of gas. You wouldn't even get out of the parking lot. Give me 25 cents worth of candy. That was 25 pieces. No wonder we all had a head full of cavities. Give me as many tickets as I can get for this amount of money. The man took the money and he took out something I'd never seen before. And he began to unroll all of these little tiny things called tickets. And when he counted them off just right, he tore them off. He handed them through the window to my dad. When he handed them through the window, I grabbed them. I said, I don't want to hold them. I want to see them. My dad took him back very quickly and, and he said, no, 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 you're not going to hold them. Oh, no. I realized all of a sudden there, there's something real important about these things. My dad started folding them very carefully and he put them down in his shirt pocket right next to his heart. Because he realized the value of the ticket. It costs something. I realized that dad was buying those tickets because we had to have those before we could ride. You're not going on the ride without a ticket. There is one final ride that is going one way. From here to eternity. From here to heaven. And friend of mine, I'm here today to make this so simple that you won't have an excuse when you walk out the door. You can have your ticket today. You can come to an altar. Oh, well, we might call it the ticket booth. You can make your way up here and say, you know what, I want a ticket.
I want to make sure I'm ready for heaven. It's too important to wait. It's too important to play around with. You must have a ticket to go to heaven. And the good thing is, your heavenly Father already laid what it costs out before you. It's already paid for. When He went to an old rugged cross and died for our sins, He was paying for every single one of us to have a ticket for heaven. Hallelujah. It's okay if you respond. It would make me feel a whole lot better. Are we Pentecostal today? <laughs> Do you believe this gospel? Hallelujah. you got to have a ticket. But it's so simple that even a small child can understand. Now, if you don't believe that this Bible is God's Word, I can't help you today. But if you believe that this is God's Word, then I can tell you exactly how to get a ticket. And you can have one before you leave. All you have to do is come to this altar and lift your hands and say, Lord, I recognize that I am a sinner and I am not ready for heaven. Lord, I'm asking you to clean out my heart. Forgive me for my sins. Say, well, I'm really not that much of a sinner. I'm a pretty good person. doesn't matter. The Bible says we're born in sin. Your heart was dirty when you were born. It is not enough to be good. You have to repent. Let Jesus clean out your heart and then turn away from those sins. You say, well, that's the part that scares me. I don't want to have to change a bunch of stuff. Listen, you don't worry about what you have to change. You worry about this moment, getting your ticket, and then you let the Holy Spirit change you. You don't get good to get God. You get God and then get good. It may take you a little while. Hallelujah. Such were some of us. It took us a while to get on the straight and narrow. It takes a while to stay on it. We have to work on it all the time because we're all flesh. And then you let this pastor take you to the water right there and take you down in Jesus' name. It was the only way anyone was ever baptized in the Bible. I don't care what anybody else says. If it's not in this Bible, it's not the truth. Down in the water in the name. Of Jesus, the only name, the only saving name, Jesus, the one that was crucified that bought your ticket. And then be filled with his spirit. He fills you up. He moves inside that heart that is now clean. You've repented. It's cleaned out and ready for his spirit. Jesus moves in your heart and fills you all the way up. He wants you to know he's in there. The Bible says that when people receive the spirit of God, they speak with other tongues. That means in another language. You can't do it wrong. You come to this altar and get your ticket. You just lift your hands. Repent. Let Jesus wash you and clean you up. And then you let him fill you up. And when those words come to your mind, you speak them out of your mouth. Don't make it difficult. It's easy. No one even has to touch you today. Daddy, can we ride now? Yeah, we, we've got our tickets. Let's get in line. We, we went straight for the Ferris wheel because I want to ride that first. We got in line. Now, now it's just me and my dad. We're going to ride the Ferris wheel. I'm so happy I'm swinging on the handrails, and he's trying to get me down off the handrails. And, you know, you figure the math. Dad was 51, 52 years old at this time with a 5-year-old. 
he, he gets me down off the handrail and, and he says why don't you count the seats and count the people in front of us you can see how long it's going to be you know I could do that I was only five but I could count yeah how many seats and then how many people well we're going to get on the next three times we're going to get on there even a five year old can figure that out even a five year old could look around at this messy world and see that we don't have very long until we're going to ride Jesus is coming the signs of the times have been fulfilled everything in scripture that needs to be fulfilled is fulfilled Jesus is coming we get in line and pretty soon it's it's our turn we step right up there and the man comes to uh, straight to us and we're getting ready to get on our seat to ride and the man sticks out his hand now he doesn't want my dad to shake his hand and say praise the Lord your tickets please my dad took those tickets out of his shirt pocket. He counted off how many we needed to ride and he handed them to the man. Because we weren't getting on that ride without our tickets. It wouldn't have been enough for me to say, well, my daddy has a ticket. I'm just going to ride with him. No, you're not going to heaven because your dad's going. You have to have your own ticket. What if I stood as tall as I could and said, but I'm a very good girl. I don't, I don't tell any lies and I don't cuss. I'm a real good girl. I don't steal stuff. You're not going to ride because you're good, because you're at church every week. you got to have a ticket. Dad said, now step up on the, the mat, and I'm going to have to help you get on there because your, your legs are short, and I'm going to have to lift you up on that seat. And when the seat came around behind us, Daddy lifted me up on that seat. And before that seat moved any further, along came another man. And that man took something that was above our heads, and he pulled it down and locked it in in front of us, a security bar. But I, I, didn't, I didn't want a security bar. I was already sitting as far forward as I could, and I was rocking. <laughs> Dad said, stop rocking. It'll rock itself. Human nature. Human nature doesn't want the security bar to come around and lock in place. That's what we have a pastor for. Don't you despise the word of the Lord when it gets on your toes and when you're told the word says to do this or not to do that. That's your security bar. That's how you're going to get to heaven safely. Amen. Three people believe that. And so the ride takes off. And it's me and my dad. And we're going higher and higher up in the sky. We're looking down on the world below. Everything looks so small. And there we are, just me and dad. It could not have been any better. Just the whole day with me and my dad. I remember seeing his careworn face. He always worked so hard and was so tired. But that day, the wrinkles in his forehead were gone. And he was laughing and smiling. And it was just me and him going around and around in the breeze. And, and you know how it feels when you ride a ride and it's real high. And you get up to the top and then you go down the other side and your stomach comes up in your throat. Feels awesome. I'm convinced we're never any closer to God than when you're at the top of the roller coaster. And you realize the big drop is coming. This is it. You thought the last one was the big drop. Oh, no. This is the big drop. 
you're never any closer to God because you're sitting on top in that car waiting for that moment and you're repenting of everything you've ever done wrong, including getting on that ride. I've heard grown men scream for their mamas. Oh, yes, it's wonderful. We're going around and around having a great time. Like when you first get the Holy Ghost and it's you and Jesus. You've been baptized in his name. You've been filled with his spirit. It's just you and Jesus. His arms around you. My dad had his arm around me. He had his hand on top of my little hand on top of that bar. Because I was only five. He, He didn't want me to slip out. He had a hold of me. Taking care of me. And we're just laughing and going around and around together. Then something happened. Something you don't want to hear when you're on a ride. You don't want to hear the clanking of cables or the loosening of bolts. You know how it is with those of you daredevils. When you ride rides, you're kind of looking all around. You might be smiling, but you're checking out the cables like you know what might need fixed. And you don't want that to happen. You're just hoping it was inspected well. Everything's greased up just right. Oh, yes. There are things that can happen on rides. It it wasn't the cable snapping. It, It wasn't something that traumatic. However, it's something you don't want to hear when you're on a ride. See, some people can't ride rides. They sit among us. There's only one way to really find out if you can ride rides or not. And there's a sound that sometimes comes that should only be heard in the bathroom all by yourself. Daddy and I are going around and around and laughing, having a great day. When all of a sudden I hear that sound. And position right above us. His grandmother and her little granddaughter. The little granddaughter has found out she cannot ride rides. Her equilibrium gets off and thus and so. And thus and so comes flying through the air. We are right below them and it comes down in my pigtail. And all over my, you'll be all right, take a deep breath. All over my white t-shirt and all over my dad's hairy arm. And we are suddenly flying through the air with somebody else's yuck all over us. I am screaming and screaming and screaming at the top of my lungs uncontrollably. And my dad is saying, stop screaming. I've got you. It's going to be okay. But nothing in that moment is okay. Because our day is ruined and somebody else's yuck is all over me and the ride is still going but nothing is okay. My dad takes out his big bandana handkerchief and he opens up that handkerchief and he begins to wipe off my pigtail and my face. Down my little white t-shirt, he's wiping all that off of his hairy arm wadding up that handkerchief he's saying I've got you baby everything's going to be all right you see in a moment a phone call a doctor's report 
someone that says, I don't love you anymore. I found somebody else. It's cancer. Whatever can change everything. But I want somebody to know today you'll never be sorry when those things come. If you're sitting on that seat with Jesus, if his arm is around you, if you've got the comforter with you, you won't be sorry in those moments because life comes to all of us. There's a lot of reasons to serve the Lord. My dad said, I'm, I'm going to take care of it, baby. I'm going to take care of you. Don't you worry. Everything's going to be okay. But it's not right now. It's not okay. But he said he'd never leave you nor forsake you. We're going around and around. And, and suddenly the ride slows down. And dad said, see, I told you. The people are getting off now, baby. It's going to be all right. I'm going to get you all cleaned up. There's nothing too dirty that he can't make worthy. It's all right, baby. I'm going to get you all cleaned up. There's no sin that he won't forgive. And we're watching the people walk off. And, and Dad says, now the next, ride, the next one or two should be us. He's looking around trying to figure out. And sure enough, the next one that goes down, you know, here is the grandmother with her little granddaughter. They step off of the ride and they're going down that midway. Grandma has her arm around that little girl and she's crying and crying. She's holding her stomach. She, she's, her day's ruined. She feels terrible. And, and, and you know, it, it was really awful. Grandma learned something. She learned that I can't, I can't ride rides, at least not after I've eaten chili dogs. <laughs> Just to make sure you're awake. <laughs> They're walking off, off of the, the ride down into the midway. They're probably leaving the park. They're going towards the exit. And let me ask you today, would it have been a, a, a good thing, a beneficial thing, if I had stood on the, up on the edge of that seat and looked down and said, I hate her. She threw up on me. I'm going to hate her the rest of my life. She ruined this day with me and my mom, and I'm going to hate that little girl for the rest of my life. You say, well, that's, that's a little ridiculous. Well, she put her yuck on me. She threw up on me. It's just as ridiculous for people to stay on that Ferris wheel going around and around and around in life with somebody else's yuck on you. The abuse, the molestation, the betrayal, what they said about you. People that were supposed to love you. Maybe perhaps a, a, a spiritual leader that did you wrong. Around and around you go. I'm here to help somebody get off that Ferris wheel today and realize, you know what? It is not beneficial for me to sit here looking down that aisle and hate them for what they did for me to me. Hurting people hurt other people. No one has ever been hurt by anybody else that that person was not already hurt before you. There are no bad parents. There are broken people who don't know how to parent. 
You start looking at life a little different and you'll be set free. You'll realize as long as I hold a grudge, that person still has a hold on me. They're still in control. But the moment I come to an altar and I lift my hands and say, I forgive, I release them, I'm going to let that thing go. In that moment, you're set free. I'm helping somebody. The ride is going around to the next seat and people get off and the next seat and then it's it's our turn. Dad says, okay, baby, we're going to get off next. We're going to get all cleaned up. And the Ferris wheel comes around and it's our turn. But it doesn't stop. It heads back up again. My dad said, I guess... There must be somebody else. I thought we were the last ones. It gets one seat from the top. And it creaks to a stop. And there we are. Our seat is just swinging in that hot sunshine. A little bit of breeze. One seat from the top. My dad and I look down. It's so tall you can't hardly see. We look down in time to see the man that's operating the ride take out his big large set of keys and he locks the box and walks off into the midway. Now my dad's screaming. (laughs) Help! You left us up here! Come back! We're both screaming at the top of our lungs from the top of the Ferris wheel. We scream until we have no voice left. But nobody hears. Why can't anyone hear? Because down in the world, everybody's partying and having a big time. Down in that midway, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of noise. Step right up, five balls for two dollars. Get one in, win the big one. Popcorn, candy corn. I practice that in case I stop preaching. I have a job. And there we are alone, one seat from the top. And I am sobbing and crying. Daddy, we got to get off of here. It is increasingly smelling worse. It's not, we're not able to get all of that yuck off. We got to have some help. We got to get out of here. I'm talking about the lives of people that get caught up on the devil's Ferris wheel. He wants to sift you as wheat. He wants to destroy you in your hurt and in your pain. He doesn't want you to make heaven. He doesn't want you to ever get off of your excuses, your wheel of excuses you have. The very reason why some of you will walk out that door today no matter what I say or what the Lord will do for you you'll walk out that door today because you have that wheel of excuses I'll do it later I don't want people looking at me I don't want anybody to touch me I don't want to quit living the way I live I still want to do that sin it's a lot of fun and I know I'm not going to quit it so why why give my heart to the Lord 
My grandma didn't live that way, and I don't want to say she went to hell. So if I come there and do what the Bible says, then I'm saying grandma went to hell. Say so you're awfully plain spoken, yes, because I want to get you off that Ferris wheel. You let the Lord take care of grandma. We don't put anybody in heaven or hell. We're not God. If grandma knew or didn't know, that's between her and God. But now you know. You've heard the gospel. You've heard enough gospel right now, if this is your first time here, that you're accountable. And if you don't get ready to go, it's going to be your own fault when the trumpet sounds. You're not going to go up. I love you enough to tell you the truth. Be real easy for me not to tell you the truth today. Just give you something happy. Make you feel good. You can go on TV and watch people just make you feel good about yourself. But this church is going to tell you what the Bible says and how to get to heaven. I don't want you to be lost. I don't want anybody to be lost. So whatever your excuse is, you've got to get off the devil's Ferris wheel. You've got to get off of there and give your heart to the Lord. Seems like we're sitting for a very long time. Will you, will you come to the keyboard and give them some hope? Just play softly. Everybody else can come later. I'm crying softly and my dad's comforting me. When the Lord brought the story back to my mind because I was so very young, I had to ask my mom. My dad had passed away and I called my mom that day and she wept with me over the phone. When I told her, she said, baby, that's exactly what happened. I said, mama, how long were daddy and I up there? She said, about 45 minutes in the hot sun. The man never came back. And no one could hear our cries. Because down in the world, they're doing their thing. They can't help you get off the devil's Ferris wheel. Finally, my dad had been thinking. I didn't know why we were just waiting. Maybe waiting for the man to come back. But my dad had been thinking. He said, baby, I'm going to get us off of here. So I want you to listen real close. I'm going to scoot all the way to the end of this seat. And I am going to stand up. Now you see the support beams that hold this Ferris wheel in the sky. They're crisscross like this. They're not quite like a ladder, but almost. I'm going to swing my body over and grab that support beam right there, you see it? And I'm going to hold on with one hand and put my feet on those crisscross bars. I'm going to get us off of here. No, don't leave me, Daddy. Don't leave me. Oh, baby, I'd never leave you. He said he'd never leave you or forsake you. You're not going through anything that he's not there with you. I wouldn't think of leaving you. What I want you to do is I want you to scoot all the way to the end of the seat. And then I want you to hold on to the sides and stand up. I'm scared. Don't be afraid. I'm right here. Some of you are so afraid 
to come to the altar. And the Lord says, don't be afraid. I'm right here. I had to make the decision to trust my daddy. That's the first choice you have to make is to trust Jesus. Okay, daddy. Just tell me what to do. He said, you're going to jump into my arms. I'm going to have one arm around you the whole time. I won't let you fall. You're going to jump into my arms and you're going to put your little arms around my neck and wad my t-shirt up in your little hands. You're going to throw your little legs around my waist and you're going to lay your head in my chest and close your eyes. Don't look down. I cannot tell you how many times in 61 years that that has been my posture with the Lord. And not one time has He ever let me fall or left me alone. He's held me through every storm. I scooted to the edge of that seat and I jumped into my daddy's arms. He caught me with that big strong arm and pushed me close. And I felt his body laboring at 51, 52 years old, climbing down that very, very high, large Ferris wheel, carrying me. I remember when our feet hit the ground. <laughs> and he held me and we, we just cried together. You know that day that you make up your mind, I'm getting off the devil's Ferris wheel. I'm not going to carry somebody else's yuck on me anymore. I'm not going to listen to the lies of the enemy. In that moment that you run to the altar, he's got his arms around you. He's holding you. And the things we've been through, he was weeping holding us all the while he didn't cause them sin causes those things but what you're going through or have been through he was holding you when you were abused when you were afraid when you were molested when you were falsely accused when you were spiritually abused he was there he was holding you then my dad dried my tears and he said now come on I told you we're going to get all cleaned up come with me there was a big table set up there all over the, the fair they're all over those parks I was never allowed to go to those tables because they sold swords and light up magic wands for $15 now they're 25 my dad took me straight to one of those tables and he took out some money and he said, pick out a little t-shirt size five. I picked out a, a Minnie Mouse pink t-shirt. 
because dad knew I needed a new garment. He took me to the ladies' restroom. He said, now you go in there and you put your pigtail down in the water and you wash that out of your pigtail. You wash off your face and, and your arms. And then you go into the stall and, and you take off that, that nasty, dirty t-shirt. And, and, and I keep it, right, Dad? I put it back in this bag. Uh, I take the new one out. I put it in the... No, 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 no. You don't keep it. Throw it away. Some of you have trouble living for God because you've got the old nasty garment. You still want to slip on now and then. Get off the devil's Ferris wheel and throw it away today. Change your life. Change your ways. That happens here. Make up your mind. I'm going to walk with God. I went in that restroom and I, I cleaned myself up and I, I went in and I put on my new, my new garment, my new Minnie Mouse t-shirt. I came out with a dripping wet pigtail and a big smile and I said, okay, Dad, you, th you think they got it cleaned up now? You think we could ride it again? Kids are pretty resilient that way. Well, can we ride the Tilt-A-Whirl and the Spider? And I want to do the bumper cars because I want to run into you a lot of times. And I'm really hungry and I, I need something to drink too because I'm thirsty. And I like to have a hot dog. And what else are we going to do, Dad? And my dad was quiet. My dad had me by my little hands so I couldn't escape. And he's walking. He's walking to the entrance of the park. And the whole time I'm chattering. But we still have all those tickets, Dad. You paid a lot of money, right? So we have the rest of the day. The day's not over, Dad. We weren't up there that long, right? And Dad takes me farther and farther away from the food and the fun and the games and the rides. And I see the car right out there in the parking lot. He's taking me to the gate. I don't, I don't want it to be over. I'm, 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 I'm getting ready to bust out in tears. I mean, I'm just a little girl. The disappointment's real. My dad takes me right to that gate. And, and I, said, I, I said, but daddy, I, I, I don't want to go. I don't want to go home. And my dad took my little shoulders. And he turned me around where I was facing all that lay before a little girl and he said no baby we're going to start this day all over <laughs> and that's just what we did and what a great memory somebody needs to start their day all over all it takes is coming to this altar that can sometimes feel a little scary. But when you get here, you'll realize the man in the window's not mad. He loves you. He died for you. And no matter what place in life you are, if you're backslidden and you haven't been coming for a while, you need to be renewed. You come to the same place. Or if it's your first time, you don't even know anything about this. You don't have to know to receive it. 
just be obedient. Just come. Nobody has to touch you. You're not going to be embarrassed. Or perhaps you've been coming here a long time, but you need a, you need a, a fresh day, a fresh start, because you messed up along the way. This is the place to come. Would you stand to your feet? And those of you who have never, ever received a ticket, you know that you need the Holy Ghost and you want it today. Jesus has filled four this week that I know of here with the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you'll come right here in the middle, this middle in front of the pulpit is reserved for you to come and stand. And no one has to touch you. The Lord is just going to fill you. Don't make it hard. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Is there anybody you need a renewing, a refilling? Come and stand up here as well if you want to kneel and repent. But let's all come, church. As the singers get ready to sing, will you move out of your seats? Surely there's something in this message for all of us.